Welcome to the Alpha Dude Podcast with Michael Pulser. What would it be like if you knew that you were unstoppable and you could live life on your terms? Better yet, how good would it feel knowing that on your deathbed, you had fulfilled all your potential and more? Life on Earth has a beginning and an end. It's what you do in the middle that counts. Let's look at how to make that part even better. In this episode, we're going to explore problems because essentially problems and challenges are the basics of life. If we're not challenged at some level, then we're just going to get bored and we're not going to progress. So we have to accept a bit of a paradigm shift that everything that comes before us, whether it's a challenge or a problem, can easily be solved. But not only that, that the terminology is massive. So if you have a crazy problem that's in front of you, and you switch it around to becoming a challenge, then suddenly it changes the way that you perceive it. And now this sounds all well and good until things get really hard. And that's why I have to talk about the concept of habituation. And that is making this a process that you do for the non-essential, the not big problems in your life. And then transfer those over to challenges. So you have something small in your way. Let's say that you go to a a parking tower like I did just recently and they said it's all closed and so I went up to the attendant and just gave them a story and managed to get myself in and got my parking spot simply by making that change and seeing things as being a challenge rather than a problem opens the pathways of creativity and it's amazing what things that you can make happen just by making that one simple shift now of course this is well and good as I said for those easy little problems like that but then you come across the big things you get to the sandwich years like where I am where life is pretty good you've got your family you're getting ahead doing all right and then suddenly the parents get sick or you might be just leaving school and money is extremely tight you don't have that job yet or you get to the retirement years where money is not an issue at all life is going really well except the health is falling apart and the fact is that Challenges and problems will always be there, but it's a massive paradigm shift to change the way you look at things. And if you look at things as being a problem or problematic, every time something pops up, especially if it's small, when something big pops up, then you will fall into that victim mindset. And as soon as you get into that place, it's incredibly hard to get out. And it's quite endemic because people get almost awards for being a victim. If you check your social media, you'll notice that there's a lot of people and they're showing about what adversities they're going through and they're kind of begging for people to sympathize with them. And if you look at things historically, this is kind of a bizarre concept because 20 or 30 years ago, if you had somebody who was going through a hard time, maybe their closest friends they would divulge their problems with, but otherwise they wouldn't be out there looking for pity from other people. Because as soon as you do that, you take the power away from yourself and give it to others. And when others hold the power, you actually do become a victim. You depend on other people. And then we have, as I said before, that endemic where people need validation from other people in order just to get by. The hardest step, even harder than transferring the word problem to challenge, is taking responsibility for everything that happens to you. As I've said in previous podcasts, this concept does not mean that if you've been through some crazy abuse, that it's all your fault, because it's not. 
But what it is, it's your responsibility for how you deal with whatever's happened to you. Let's say you're walking along, life is good, suddenly you get hit by a car. You're at work one day, you feel a bit of pain somewhere, you go to the doctor, it turns out that you've been diagnosed with cancer. In both cases, unless if you were doing something crazy on the street, it's probably not your fault. But don't stop there. Don't say, it's not my fault, therefore I'm a victim, therefore people need to pity me. Take the next step and realize that you're responsible for what happens. And the fact is that when you get to this stage, there is massive, insane growth that comes from rising above adversity. If you've never been through a chronic illness or a major injury, major trauma, loss of a really close one, then you probably won't understand how much growth you can get from taking these challenges and rising above them in the right way. So how do you get to this stage? Well, as I said, you have to start when things are going well. Because if life is perfect, let's say that your health is perfect, you've got an amazing income revenue, you've got your dream job, your dream wife, you've got your home, you've got everything you possibly want. Now here comes the rub. If you have everything you possibly want, you can sit down and you can enjoy it and consider early retirement, whatever you want. Or you can say, hey, I have everything I want, but I'm committed to growth. I'm going to continue to push myself, get those new goals, keep working towards something beyond myself. Now, whichever option you choose is going to have far-reaching consequences on what happens next when, and I say when because things will eventually fall apart at some level when a big problem rises its head. If you haven't pushed yourself, dealt with adversity at the small level, and I'm talking about things just as little as when you're doing gym, feeling the burn and working through it, through to studying and going through the exams, to pushing yourself to do things that you might not necessarily want to do, but you know is going to be helpful for you, maybe helpful to others, maybe will embed your future. From this position, you start to develop the magic quality of resilience. And resilience, as it's been called in some recent self-help books, is also known as being anti-fragile. Fragility means that you can break easily. The opposite of it is that you won't break. And the only way to develop this quality is to start changing things when things are good. So step one, look at every problem that you have now and turn it into a challenge. By simply changing it into a challenge, it means that there is potential to overcome it. That there is, as they say in that Chinese character, with crisis, you have both the negative aspect, but also the opportunity that comes with it. Just look at the last couple of years. With all the turmoil in the world and so much crisis happening, there was suddenly an insane amount of millionaires that came out of it. When everything was falling apart, for some reason, so many people were coming out on top. And most of this wasn't about people abusing their positions of power. It was more that people found these opportunities where other people weren't looking. And the only way that comes about is by changing that whole perception that a problem becomes a challenge because as soon as you've made that switch, then mentally you can overcome anything, but also 
creativity comes into play. And that's where things change at a deep level. So that's the first step. Problems become challenges. Second step is taking total responsibility. And again, total responsibility for what you do with whatever is before you. And again, this is all about habituating it, making that you do this all the time. That when things are going well, that you take responsibility for it. When things are not going well, you take responsibility for it. And same goes with problems and challenges. Start when things are going well, because if you try to take full responsibility when your life's falling apart, it's just gonna compound and make things worse. And there's two more steps that I haven't talked about yet. The next one is about psychological change. Essentially, with psychological change, we utilize exercises that we've been through before to minimize problems. And that could be anything from the neurolinguistic processes or from the alpha dude systems or anything else. Now, the reason why this is so important is that typical cliche about dying, that we die once at the end of our lives and potentially countless amounts of times before that happens, which means to say that psychologically and mentally, we experience these disasters and consequences before they even happen. And sometimes they never happen. And you know the situation. You're worried that you've made a mistake at work and you've thought about and stressed about it all week long. You're going to work the next week and suddenly everyone's forgotten about it. And you're like, wow, why did I worry about that in the first place? Or even if you did get reprimanded, chances are the reprimand wasn't as terrible as those dire consequences that you dreamed up. So in the real world, it's all about, one, making sure that you don't make those mistakes. And that's why the Alphadude system includes the aptitude component that's missing from most forms of psychology. But secondly, we have to deal with your internal processes, how you deal with these stresses. On a practical level, I think it is incredibly important that we do allow the unconscious mind to process all of the problems at some point and also consciously. And the fact is, if you try to ignore it all the time, it will come up and bite you, just like pushing a beach ball right into the water at the ocean. Eventually, it's going to want to come up. And the fact is, we have to give things the attention it deserves. But we get to dictate the terms. We have to have the right time and right place and a time for all things. And that means to say that when you have stress in your life, you have to allocate a period of time to deal with it. The ideal amount is probably about 10 minutes twice a day or three times a day if it's incredibly naggy. But the fact is, as I said before, if you habituate this so that you're doing it when things are good and you just go through the processes just out of habit, eventually your subconscious mind will be like, hey, I will get to work this out just before bed tonight or I will get to work this out after breakfast every morning. And subsequently, your unconscious mind will start to leave you alone and you'll be able to focus on the task at hand. So the thing you have to do first is to allocate some time to deal with whatever's stressing you out right now. And then when you do that, you have to go through it systematically. Now, in regards to this, I wouldn't be so arrogant to say that I know exactly what works for you. I'd say generally, you probably have to dedicate about 10 to 20% of the time looking at the problem to make sure that you understand it. And then the rest of the time, looking for solutions. 
and focusing on creativity because creativity is a key component. It allows you to think circles around problems. Sometimes you can find solutions for problems that provide massive benefits for everyone that you wouldn't have thought about if you just didn't give it the time to think about. But once you've done this, you will have to go through some form of exercises if you want to put it to bed. And again, this comes down to the individual nature of the person. Sometimes the thoughts come up in their mind and they hear a voice, maybe not auditory, but they kind of think about it. And it'll be something like, why does this always happen to me? Or something like, you are so stupid. Now, again, there are so many ways that we deal with this. and We've talked about some of those in past episodes. But the only one I want to focus on this today would be by changing the submodalities of what is being said. So we can change the content and that later. But it's incredibly helpful to realize that you would never talk to anybody that way. You'd never go into the office and say to somebody, you are so stupid or you're fat and disgusting, which you might say to yourself if you're not happy with how you look or how you're performing. So try and take note about the voice that's saying it. And if you can find out that it's your voice or if it's a voice of a loved one or whatever, that's really powerful. Maybe you won't be able to get to the bottom of the voice, but that doesn't mean that you can't change the voice. So I want you to remember a famous cartoon character, maybe someone like Mickey Mouse or Bugs Bunny or someone who just is really not serious. And now transition whatever it is that you've picked out into that voice and make it play in your head. So if you have that voice and it's from your own voice and says, you are so stupid, why do you always do that? Then you'll get Mickey Mouse and he'll be saying, you're so stupid. Why do you always do that? Now, I am the worst person to mimic cartoon characters, so forgive me for that, but you get the concept. Secondly, if it's more of a visual thing, if you just picture that the world's going to blow up, that you're going to be violently assaulted or whatever it is, just for making a small mistake, then again, we have to switch around the submodalities. And this is again from NLP. Basically, you get that picture of yourself getting yelled at by the boss or getting beaten up or whatever it is, some unrealistic consequence that you think might come from some mistake you've made or something that might happen in the future. And you have to realize where it is first of all. Chances are that's bright, it's in your face and it's really realistic. If you can just push that way back, perhaps imagine that you're in a movie cinema and that you're in the back row and the cinema screen is like one of those small black and white TVs or maybe it's like a tiny little iPhone and it's in black and white and you can hardly even see it. You can just make out the characters. You can see what's happening and suddenly you notice that the noise is either on mute or faint so you can just hear a muffled noise. Now looking at that picture and contrasting it to the one that was right in your face, you can tell that the intensity of the situation has gone off dramatically. Now, of course, if you can deconstruct and reverse engineer the process, you've worked out what happens next. Think about something that you would like to happen. Maybe you can't control the exact outcome because that would depend on the boss's strategy. But you can 
be responsible for everything that you do. So you can see a picture of yourself in that same cinema, but now it's IMAX, now it's huge screens, and it's got that amazing sound that comes out. And the picture of you is you in your very best state. And you can exaggerate it. You can make it so that you're 40 foot tall, that you're in the best shape of your life, that you're walking confidently, you're speaking powerfully, and that things are going amazingly. Further to that, you notice that anything negative that comes towards you just doesn't phase you. And not only that, it's like you're a magnet attracting all good things. And you can notice as you can hear the noises from the cinema, see that big picture, that you are much more resourceful and much more ready for whatever comes your way. Now imagine being that character, maybe stepping into it and then walking into the office the next day, seeing the boss, is that boss really going to tear apart that powerful version of that person which you are? The chances are you've just made it so that you're much less anxious about the situation. And so you don't have to die all those times before the disaster strikes. You only have to face the situation at your most resourceful. Okay, to sum it up, the three things you have to be aware of is one, taking total responsibility. Two, converting problems into challenges, which allows creativity to take over. Number three is addressing things at a psychological level. And number four, which I haven't discussed, is more about a spiritual or an overriding approach to these matters. Now, purposefully, I have always been very keen to avoid getting into spirituality because the fact is that I kind of compare topics like psychology to martial arts. And if you are a martial artist, as you probably know, if you listen to my back catalog like I am, then you know that there are different martial arts. And if you are an expert in one style and you walk into the gym of another style, you can easily get destroyed. Let's say that you're an amazing karate fighter. You go into a boxing gym, sure, you've been taught how to punch, but you'll get taken apart. Similarly, if it's karate rules, the boxer's got amazing moves and they'll have a few shots. But go against a really hardcore karate fighter and those thigh kicks are just going to destroy him. Not to mention you put that same person in a BJJ gym and they're going to get out-wrestled like nothing else. So I respect the purity of styles and the separation of them. But not only that, I really think that when you start to mix topics too much, it starts to dilute. And that's why I think you get these spirituality, self-help podcasts or books, and they're so watered down that the spirituality concept has actually been destroyed and taken over by some pop psychology. Or you've got the psychology component that has been watered down by some weird new agey spirituality. So if you would like my take on spirituality, I have that other podcast that I talk about, which focuses exclusively on philosophy, logic, and spirituality. That's testimony of an NPC. Just Google it up, find it somewhere if you're interested in it. And in that, I describe my spirituality and my take on how to deal with such things. But even if you don't go there, the three steps that I've talked about are game-changing. And as I've said throughout this entire episode, start on the small stuff first 
because if you can get it working on the small stuff, when the major disasters arise, then you will be able to rise above it. And if you don't believe me, then all you have to do is look at the examples of people who have overcome these disasters in their life. The Viktor Frankls, who wrote Man's Search for Meaning, that went beyond suffering and found meaning, not to mention the countless others. So wherever you are, I hope this podcast has been useful. Make sure that you do allow yourself time to process whatever's happening, but do it on your terms. Ideally, schedule that time out, that 10 minutes morning and night, to focus on the problem and solutions to work through it. That You utilize these strategies, and as soon as you've done that, suddenly you'll find that life is worth living and that these problems are simply challenges and that you can overcome it and you will get incredible growth on the other side, even if you're going through the worst things possible. I hope this has been useful and I'll see you on the next episode. Hope you enjoyed the podcast. If so, rate it from the place you downloaded it. For any questions, send an email to michaelpulser at gmail.com.